Welcome to Spark My Muse, everyone. I'm Lisa DeLay, your host, and this is Soul School Lesson 200. Today I'm coming to you on the cusp of many transitions. I dropped my youngest daughter off at college, and it feels like I'm entering into a new time in my life. Today was supposed to be a day when I would introduce you to Kat Armas, my Cuban friend originally from Miami, and her book, Abuelita Faith. Our conversation had a technical recording difficulty, which has made it impossible for me to bring you that. But we plan to meet up again in September, and I will bring you our conversation on her wonderful book, Abuelita Faith, which is out now, and I know you will enjoy it. Today I'm going to bring you something from theologian and philosopher Paul Tillich. He's considered usually an existential theologian from the mid-20th century, and he has some fascinating and even prophetic things to say about our time. He wrote this book, The Courage to Be, in 1952, and even 70 years later, there are so many gems to be mined out of this book. I'm hoping to bring it to you in little bits here and there, possibly over the next few weeks and months. On page 36, there is a section called The Interdependence of Fear and Anxiety, and I'm going to read you pieces of this work. Anxiety and fear have the same ontological root, but they are not the same in actuality. This is common knowledge, but it has been emphasized and overemphasized to such a degree that a reaction against it may occur and wipe out not only the exaggerations, but also the truth of the distinction. Fear, as opposed to anxiety, has a definite object, as most authors agree, which can be faced, analyzed, attacked, endured. One can act upon it, and in acting upon it, participate in it, even if in the form of a struggle. In this way, one can take it into one's self-affirmation. I'm going to pause right here to say self-affirmation is not any kind of positive thinking definition. It is the acknowledgement that we as a human being are separated, a separate self or self-determining agent in the world. To understand that you are a self is self-affirmation itself. Back to Tillich. Courage can meet every object of fear because it is an object which makes participation possible. Courage can take the fear produced by a definite object into itself, because this object, however frightful it may be, has a side with which it participates in us and we in it. One could say that as long as there is an object of fear, love, in the sense of participation, can conquer fear. I'm going to say that sentence again because it is so profound. If we could ingest and live that out, imagine what could become of us. One could say that as long as there is an object of fear, love in the sense of participation can conquer fear. But this is not so with anxiety because anxiety has no object or rather in a paradoxical phrase, its object is the negation of every object. Therefore, participation, struggle, and love 
with respect to it are impossible. One who is in anxiety is, insofar as it is merely anxiety, delivered to it without help. Helplessness in the state of anxiety can be observed in animals and humans alike. It expresses itself in loss of direction, inadequate reactions, lack of intentionality, and being related to meaningful contents of knowledge or will. The reason for this sometimes striking behavior is the lack of an object on which the subject in the state of anxiety can concentrate. The only object is the threat itself, but not the source of the threat, because the source of the threat is nothingness. One might ask whether this threatening nothing is not the unknown, the indefinite possibility of an actual threat? Does not anxiety cease in the moment in which a known object of fear appears? Anxiety then would be fear of the unknown. But this is an insufficient explanation of anxiety. For there are innumerable realms of the unknown, different for each subject and faced without any anxiety. It is the unknown of a special type which is met with anxiety. It is the unknown which, by its very nature, cannot be known because it is non-being. Fear and anxiety are distinguished but not separated. They are imminent with each other. The sting of fear is anxiety, and anxiety strives toward fear. Fear is being afraid of something, a pain, a rejection by a person or a group, the loss of something or somebody, the moment of dying. But in the anticipation of the threat originating in these things, it is not the negativity itself which they will bring upon the subject that is frightening, but the anxiety about the possible implications of this negativity. The outstanding example, and more than an example, is the fear of dying. Insofar as it is fear, its object, is the anticipated event of being killed by sickness or an accident and thereby suffering agony and the loss of everything, insofar as it is anxiety, its object, is the absolutely unknown, quote, after death, the non-being, which remains non-being, even if it is filled with images of our present experience. The dreams in Hamlet's soliloquy to be or not to be, which we may have after death, and which make cowards of us all, are frightful not because of their manifest content, but because of their power to symbolize the threat of nothingness, in religious terms of, quote, eternal death, unquote. The symbols of hell created by Dante produce anxiety not because of their objective imagery, but because they express the, quote, nothingness, unquote whose power is experienced in the anxiety of guilt. Each of the situations described in the Inferno could be met by courage on the basis of participation and love. But of course, the meaning is that this is impossible. 
In other words, they are not real situations, but symbols of the objectless of non-being. The fear of death determines the element of anxiety in every fear. Anxiety, if not modified by the fear of an object, anxiety in its nakedness, is always the anxiety of ultimate non-being. Immediately seen, anxiety is the painful feeling of not being able to deal with the threat of a special situation. But a more exact analysis shows that in the anxiety about any special situation, anxiety about the human situation as such is implied. It is the anxiety of not being able to persevere one's own being, which underlines every fear, and is the frightening element in it. In the moment, therefore, in which, quote, naked anxiety, unquote, lays hold of the mind, the previous objects of fear cease to be definite objects. They appear as what they always were in part, symptoms of our basic anxiety. As such, they are beyond the reach of even the most courageous attack upon them. This situation drives the anxious subject to establish objects of fear. Anxiety strives to become fear because fear can be met by courage. It is impossible for a finite being to stand naked anxiety for more than a flash of time. People who have experienced these moments, as for instance, some mystics in their visions of the night of the soul or Luther under the despair of the demonic assaults, or Nietzsche, in the experience of the great disgust, have told of the unimaginable horror of it. This horror is ordinarily avoided by the transformation of anxiety into fear of something, no matter what. The human mind is not only, as Calvin has said, a permanent factory of idols, it is also a permanent factory of fears. The first in order to escape God the second in order to escape anxiety, and there is a relation between the two. For facing the God who really is God means facing also the absolute threat of non-being. The naked absolute, to use a phrase of Luther's, produces naked anxiety, for it is the extinction of every finite self-affirmation and not a possible object of fear and courage. But ultimately, the attempts to transform anxiety into fear are vain. The basic anxiety, the anxiety of a finite being about the threat of non-being, cannot be eliminated. It belongs to existence itself. I hope you were able to follow along for that. There's a lot there, and Tillich's book is just jam-packed like that 100%. What he speaks of is fear and anxiety are part of existence itself. Fear needs an object and anxiety doesn't have any kind of object, but both are rooted in our finite experience of understanding non-being. That's what conscious finite creatures can do, and it's terrifying to imagine non-being on some gut level. He gets into how we can adjust, make adjustments, and it's called the courage to be because that is what it takes to be a human being. You have to have courage to be. 
there will be other parts that I hope to pull out in a few weeks, perhaps, and bring back to us and to our attention. It's a fascinating book with a lot of wisdom in it, a lot of juicy bits. And this is also an encouragement to you. If you have fear, that is normal. If you have anxiety, that is normal. Sometimes it can get to a point where it completely overtakes your life and you might need help. And that is fine because you are finite and you can get some help. I take an anti-anxiety medication because I was unable to control my racing thoughts. And trauma unattended had brought me to that point and I can function well because of it. I can bring you these things week after week because I have attended to those wounds and I have gone to therapy and I have taken my medicine. If I didn't do any of those things, I think I would be very, very entangled in anxiety. And it's precisely because it doesn't have an object. It's somewhat generalized, but my brain doesn't care if it's generalized or not. It will still be repetitive in its problem solving, attempting and trying to help me, attempting to figure it out and trying to help me. If you would like me to address anything specifically that I spoke about in this episode, perhaps on a following episode, if you have questions, they will probably be answered later in the book by Paul Tillich, and I can get to them if you have them. You can contact me from sparkmymuse.com on a contact form there. You can write to me. I really appreciate letters at P.O. Box 146, Cressona, Pennsylvania. That's C-R-E-S-S-O-N-A, Pennsylvania, P-A, 17929. And I can read your question or get to your question on an upcoming episode. I ask that you will support this work. It really helps that you support the show either at patreon.com forward slash sparkmymuse at once a month, a regular thing, whether it's a dollar or $10 a month, or just the occasional blessing and gift that you might do, which you can find through Venmo at Lisa Delay or through PayPal, which is through the website. You can find that at sparkmymuse.com. Otherwise, I'm really scrimping to get these things out and to also pay the rest of the bills. We go through this together with our fears and our anxieties, the objects of our fears, and with the understanding of non-being. We travel through together, and we travel through better because we're together. And I'm wishing you blessing and peace, even though you might be fearful and afraid.